Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Wednesday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our service men and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to Strange Brew Coffee House. And if you can't make it to Starkville or to Tupelo, well, you can always go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and pick up whatever you're looking for, the dry roast or the K-Cups, which are the just flying off the shelves at all possible angles. So, if you don't live here in the, in the Golden Triangle, if you don't live in Tupelo, you can always have Strange Brew Coffee House every morning with a quick trip to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. New year, new gear. That's the motto for College Corner. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com and grab yourself some brand new maroon and white gear. Baseball season is not as far away as you'd like to think. You want to grab some new stuff before you head to Diddy Noble this year. You want to make sure you get it at College Corner. Humble Taco back open on Friday, and they are looking forward to serving you. Their holiday break is over, which means you don't have to wait anymore to take check out Starville's newest and best Mexican re- restaurant, Mexican fare with Mississippi roots, stuff you've never had before, but stuff you have had before, but not like this. It's great, it's great eating. It's great time. It's good times every time you go to Humble Taco. When you're looking to grab a quick lunch and a delicious lunch, Firehouse Subs might be the way you want to go. Locations in Starkville, Oxford, Columbus, Tupelo, Flowood, and Madison. Make it really simple on yourself. Download the Firehouse Subs app today. Pick pick that uh, pick up your lunch. Easy. Walk in, walk out, and hey, you're going to pile up reward points. You get reward points faster with a Firehouse Sub than just about any other app out there. So do it today. Firehouse Subs. That's a great place to go if you're looking for lunch. Robbie Falk, good to be back with you, man. I'm I'm, I'm feeling a little better today. I know I want to I want to say something. A lot of a lot of you guys have reached out. I know in this time of, of the world that we're living in, when somebody says they're sick, you, you automatically go to one thing. It's I, I don't have COVID. I don't have COVID. No, this is just a yearly thing. Yeah, I, and I, I was able to miss it the last basically two years because I was pretty vigilant about wearing a mask. But now that I've gotten away from that, it has caught up with me. So. Yeah. But, and, uh, if you've ever been in the uh, press box at Duty Noble Field or maybe even press row, you will see Brian with an industrial sized bag of these honey coated cough drops. Uh, yeah, there we go. He's, he's showing it to me right now. Um, so th- this is not, don't be scared. If you see Brian walking around, don't be scared yeah, to go shake I'm his fine. hand. Yeah, yeah, we're good. He's fine. He's just, yeah. That this is just life. Joel texted me yesterday. He's like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. It's just the cough. And he's like, nothing, a bag of a five gallon bag of cough drops won't cure. And it's like, you know, he knows. So but apparently not because you're still, you've still I'm been sorry, coughing. This, this is one, I think because I haven't been sick in so long, it's just taking me longer to get through this, but we're getting through it. 
appreciate all of you guys' concern. I really do. You know, a lot of lot of thoughts out there. A lot of you were like, "Hey, suck it up, Buttercup," and I appreciate that too. You know what? I need a, I need a good kick in the ass every now and then. So, all right, let's get into some MSU news. The big news that we've missed at this point, Robbie, is Makai Polk uh, has declared that he's headed to the NFL. Uh, record-setting receiver, 105 catches, I believe, on the season, 1,046 yards. Both of those are, uh, or the 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 uh, the catches are an MSU record. I don't think the yardage. I think it's a little short, but it's it, one of the greatest seasons in MSU history. This is. I think the yardage is. Did did he get ahead of Fred Ross? Yeah, I think so. Okay, then there you go. So yeah, put his name one year at MSU. Put his name all over the record books. Really, a real example of what the transfer portal is supposed to do. A guy who got himself into a good situation, took full advantage of it put up huge numbers, and now will try his his luck at the next level. I will say, though, I feel like this is one of those guys who's sort of in a gray area, right? That Polk is a, a really good college receiver, and he could have stayed here for another year or two and piled up numbers. I don't know how much he brings to the next level. He doesn't have elite speed, not a, a especially big, although he is six foot three and 200 pounds. What do you see from Makai Polk when you think about him translating to the next level? Yeah, I was really surprised by this. I, I knew he was going to put his name <laughs> in there to get a look from uh, from the NFL scouts and uh, teams like that. But from everything that I've heard, the feedback he's gotten is to return to school for another year. So this just seems like a player that's just ready to move on, ready to go to the next level. I don't know if I, if I foresee him, you know, making a splash, even getting drafted this year, I just don't see it right now. I don't see the the explosiveness from him. He's a really good receiver, don't get me wrong, and he's um, – I mean, the, the, the numbers speak for itself, but he's just kind of a possession guy, in my opinion. He's very reliable. You didn't see him drop very many passes. He was winning one-on-one balls. But there's nothing that really flashes uh, from him at this, at this stage. I think another year would have helped that. I don't know how much more he would have uh, improved his stock, but another year I, I think definitely would have helped that. Some more films, some more games in the SEC showing what you got there, and um, and he probably would have been a guy that's drafted on day late day two, maybe day three. I don't know if I see that yet. Now, he might surprise us all. He might go – uh, out there and and uh, have a good pro day or something, and and somebody might really like what they see. But I just don't see it right now. I, I didn't see, I didn't foresee a guy that should come out as a redshirt sophomore. But yeah. that that's what we're getting, and uh, it's tough for Mississippi State because that was a huge piece that they were counting on on the outside coming back. I mean, you felt like you were probably going to lose Malik Heath. I, I still don't know the the verdict on that and whether or not he's going to come back, but. And now you, you kind of need him to come back to yeah. give you some more depth on the outside. But losing Makai Polk is huge. I mean, that's, a, that's over 100 passes caught that, that's going to be gone. And, you know, as Steve Spurrier said yesterday, it's, it's pretty much next man up now for the Bulldogs. I'll address that in just a second. I want to talk about the NFL piece for just a moment. I will say this. There's something to be said about a reliable guy <clears throat> so you can put on the field and you just trust him to make catches. You know, as a Saints fan, I think about a guy like Lance Moore, who just played in the slot for the Saints all those years and just made – he was just reliable. Not especially fast, not especially big, but you knew when you threw the ball in his area 
that he was going to catch the football. Every NFL team has, you know, every good NFL team has got a guy like that. So maybe there is, I think there is a niche for Makai Polk. Now, like I said, I don't know that he'll be drafted especially high, and he may have to prove himself as an undrafted free agent. But he strikes me as a guy who can get into camp, and because he is such a reliable target, you know, there's something to be said for just making the catch. You know, NFL quarterbacks are so good these days. They're going to put the ball where you can get it. A receiver who has good hands is a a plus in the NFL. So I I wouldn't write Makai Polk off by any stretch of the imagination. I, 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 I do agree with you that, it may be a stretch for him to be drafted. I certainly don't think he's a day one or two pick, but maybe later in day three. I mean, the production is there. I know it's only one year production, but it's 105 catches. And I, I mean, I don't know what his target ratio is, but I don't recall Bakai Polk having a ton of drops uh, this season. As far as the um, replacing him goes, what I would say is this State's obviously going to, you know, and Leach was talking about going to the transfer portal even before Polk made this decision. So they're obviously going to go there. But what better advertisement can you have? then, hey, you're going to replace a guy that caught 105 passes next year. My guess is this is a situation where some some top receiver is going to look at this and say, that's a great opportunity for me. I expect State to have a lot of, of takers in the transfer portal uh, for, for this position. Yeah, you would think so. I mean, I thought they were going to get the, the kid from FIU. He decided to stay uh, in school there. But, I mean, it should be an easy sell. Hey, we just got this guy from another Power 5 school he came in and broke every single record at Mississippi State in a single season with the exception of touchdowns, I guess. Mm. And you can come in and now replace that production and have the same amount of produ- production for yourself or at least something similar. Uh, it should be a very easy sell. And I, I don't, you know, I don't buy, you know, what some of these people are saying about how, you know, it's not an exciting offense for wide receivers. They're just running drag routes and crossing patterns and things like that. 105 catches is 105 catches. Yeah. If you're getting the ball in your hands, what does it matter? I mean, he, he had over 1,000 yards receiving <laughs> and uh, nine touchdowns. I mean, receivers want the ball in their hands. They're not looking at this and saying, well, he's only getting, you know, 10-yard catches. Right. Well, so what? He's getting the ball. Yeah. No, you're exactly right on that. Targets are all that matters. You know, if, if you're getting the ball thrown to you, that's all a receiver's looking at. The same way a quarterback's only looking at attempt and the running back's only looking at carries. That's what they're looking at. So I think it's going to be a great opportunity. And, and remember this about Makai Polk. He was not – you know, State got him later in the process. Uh, he was not State's first choice. Remember, there, I forget what the kid's name was, but there was a kid from San Jose State that State originally was going to take. And then because he uh, – at the time, they hadn't changed the transfer rules – he was not eligible to transfer into the SEC. I think he was a grad transfer with – he was a transfer with only one year of eligibility. I forget exactly what it was. So he wasn't even the first choice. Jameer Calvin was a guy later in the process as well. So the transfer portal is going to continue to fill up with quality targets for Mississippi State. And I expect him to grab probably a couple of receivers at this point on top of still looking for an offensive tackle, still looking for a kicker, and still looking for a couple of best availables. One thing we've learned about this staff is – and, and Mike Leach, Mike Leach is doing the, the correct thing, in my opinion. He makes it clear. He's like, I don't really care for the transfer portal. I don't care for the, the attitude that, it, that that's fine. And that's fine. But he also says, but I'm not stupid enough not to use it as a tool. And he is, I feel like Mississippi State has been one of the big winners in the transfer portal market. Polk was a huge addition last year. Jalen Green, Randy Charlton, and Jameer Calvin were all outstanding uh, players from Mississippi State. They all provided quality depth. Brandon Ruiz coming out of the transfer portal the year before was really good before he got hurt. 
I, I feel like this 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 staff has a really good knack for finding quality players in the transfer portal. They do. I mean, and you look at um, this year with Marcus Banks getting him in. That was huge to yeah. to get him. So they've already started to have a, a good you know a, a good start there, and I feel like they're going to get a kicker here shortly. Uh, so now you just have these pieces here that you need to fill in. And Mississippi State doesn't, ha- doesn't have to go heavy on the transfer portal this year, but they can use it like they did last year to fill in pieces of the puzzle. And I think wide receiver is big, especially now. They wanted to get a, an impact wide receiver anyway. Now you might need two guys out of the portal. And if you don't, I mean, you just need – you definitely need a really good wide receiver out of the portal that can come in and help immediately. And then you need your your offensive tackle, which – I think they're uh, going hard after the Brooks kid from Western Kentucky. You still need probably another defensive back. So, it's you know, there, there's still some pieces here. Mississippi State's got to move swiftly. But I, I do trust in the staff to kind of fill those holes because they've shown they can do it in the first couple of years. When you look at, the, at who State is losing, obviously uh, Aaron Odom uh, declared for the transfer portal today. I feel like he won't be the last one. You know, if you look at State's roster, there are guys who just aren't playing. Uh, a guy like, you know, and we're just going to have to speculate here, but, you know, a, a wide receiver, a guy like Quentin Torbor, uh, is he going to, to, to look to get out? A guy like Caleb Ducky, is he going to look to, to move on? Um, looking around at, you know, just, just various positions. There's probably three or four more guys yet to come to hit the transfer portal. But like we just said, MSU has been very good and been and at doing a good job. You feel like your state's doing the right thing. They're recruiting guys into their signing classes that are better than some of the roster spots they have, and then they're do, they're using the transfer portal to fill in the holes. Where at, you know, as opposed to you know, and I'm not trying to call out any names here, but there are some schools that are trying to sort of really use the transfer portal to fill in the signing class. I feel like state's doing a good job of using the transfer portal to fill in the holes the signing class left behind, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's the way to go, too, because you, you still want to build a, a program and develop it. Um, now, I think your mindset's changed a little bit now because you have so many players that want to get out at the first sign of distress. I mean, you have guys that are leaving immediately after their freshman season because they didn't play enough. So it, it's a little tougher to develop the roster that you have developed players like Mississippi State's grown accustomed to doing. And that's kind of been the calling card for Mississippi State over the years is get these three-star underrated guys with a lot of potential, redshirt them that first year, get them a little bit of playing time that next year, you know, by their sophomore year, they're really starting to to develop into great players. Well, now you're trying – you're having to, you know, elevate some guys or you're having to go to the transfer portal and get guys to come in and fill those holes. So uh, it's been interesting, though. Mississippi State's probably towards the bottom of the SEC right now in transfers. Mm-hmm. It's been it's been pretty crazy to see the amount of guys transferring out at all these places. And I mean, so far, State lost Aaron Burley would probably be the biggest surprise for me. Mm-hmm. He had one more year for for State, and he was he might not have started every ball game, but he was getting similar reps to whoever was in his place, Jet Johnson, guys like that. So I thought he was still going to be a big impact on the defense. That's the biggest – that's the guy that was the biggest surprise. Everybody else has just been guys that just aren't really playing. And, um, you know, so far State has, I think, 
six guys that that went into the portal, and you know Rodney Gross went to Arizona State, and then you had Janari Dean and Armandus Cooley going to Southern Miss. Mm. Cooley had not played yet. Janari Dean just wanted to move to running back, and I can't really blame him for that. So uh, I, I think both of those guys can make an impact there. And then uh, London Craft transferred. I don't know where he's going, but that's a guy that he didn't play. He wasn't going to play hardly at all in the secondary. So, uh, you know, Aaron Odom just entered on uh, Tuesday, and he has one more year. He was going to be at, at best in the two deep, uh, uh, the backup at defensive end. I don't think he was even going to be that. So can't blame him for that. So, so far, everything's kind of playing out how we expected from Mississippi State in the transfer portal. <laughs> But other teams, there's a lot of surprising names that are going into the portal. Like yeah. Caleb Williams at Oklahoma, I was shocked by that. Yeah. But that that's just the that's what's happening in college football right now. It's chaos. Well, guys are reevaluating their options with NIL and things like that. They're they're going to go out and, and make no mistake. They're looking for the best deals. There's no there's no question about that. You know, especially with Dylan Gabriel flipping back to to Oklahoma. Obviously, Dylan Gabriel wanted to play for Jeff Levy. Which you know, if you're an Ole Miss fan, that that hurts because if you had kept him, he probably would be an Ole Miss right now, and that that problem would be solved. Caleb Williams, I don't see him now. I mean, why would he go to to? I mean, Gabriel obviously went to Oklahoma because he believes he's going to be the starter. I expect Caleb Williams to go elsewhere now, and and he'll get a great NIL deal, and he'll get great, great, you know, good for him. I don't, you know, it's one of the things that doesn't bother me. You know, I don't mind these players getting money. It just, it, I, I just, I just don't care about it. Um, I could see him going to either USC. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I've even I even saw UCLA. Well, UCLA is that? where Dylan Gabriel was going. So, How about I mean, that? UCLA loses Dylan Gabriel and actually gets a could better improve. quarterback. They could improve. That would be something to to watch out for. Yeah. Do you think coaches are going to have to sort of change the way they recruit players? There's so many guys you tell them, "Oh yeah, you'll have an opportunity," you know, with us, blah blah blah. And there's there's a lot there's a lot of guys you sign. And you're like, look, it's going to be you know, in reality, when you look at the depth chart, it's going to be tough for you. How do you how do you recruit in this transfer portal era where guys can leave so early? But at the same time, you don't want to tell guys that hey, it's going to be tough. You, you know, you want to tell them what they want to hear. But if you don't, if you do, they end up going out after one year. Well, it, it, that's kind of the nature of the beast with kids uh, in this day and age. And I hate to to use that old man phrase, right? Um, but you know, I'm not I'm not you know, Mister Get Off My Lawn or anything. But that's – I mean, this this state of society, kids want something given to them right now. And it's not – it's really not even just kids. It's everybody. Everybody wants something right now. There's not many people that just want to go out there and work for something. There's not many players that they see their playing time diminished and they don't improve. They don't want to improve. They just want to go somewhere else where their playing time will be gifted to them. You know, I look at players like, from Mississippi State perspective, um, you know, just in basketball especially, you know, Blair Schaefer in women's basketball, Vic Schaefer always talked about how, you know, she came to him one day and said she was thinking about transferring. He said, well, that's fine, but what happens if you go to that school and you don't get playing time? I mean, where does it end? Mm. And she decided just to get better. I mean, Anderson Garcia, I always talk about him. Yeah, it's good. He example. could have very easily gone somewhere last year. The fact that he stayed back and has uh, established his role and has worked harder to to better himself and put himself in better position, I think that speaks volumes for kids this day and age. You just don't see it anymore. 
So I, I don't know the best way to recruit a kid in 2022 when it, it's kind of a, you know, a, a double-edged sword at this point. You recruit a kid and you, you promise them that they're going to get <laughs> playing time. And if they don't get it, they're gone after one year. Yeah. You try to tell like you try to be straight up with a kid and tell them they're going to have to come in and work hard and earn it. And they don't want to come there. So unless you're Alabama or a team like that, where, where players just seem to just absolutely buy into what Nick Saban's selling and they just seem to be a different, you know, kind of athlete, then it's just, it's very difficult at this point to, establish a program with your guys yeah and even Saban I mean you lost Marcus Banks a guy who you know by all reports he wanted to keep on the roster but he knows that he's not going to be starting so it's time to move on so it's definitely a different world and I've said it many times I don't feel a lot of sympathy for the guys making five six seven million dollars a year right that's your job figure it out but it's definitely going to be something difficult and 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 you know the college football is changing in front of our eyes you know, probably more so than it has since, you know, the, the, the idea that true, you know, the redshirt rule was taken away. It used to be that true freshmen couldn't play college football. This might be the biggest change since then. So we'll see. All right, let's move on into the second half of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind, you know, as it gets colder outside, nothing says warm you up like a big pot of chili, vegetable beef soup, some beef stew. There's all sorts of great warm weather, warm, warm you up uh, recipe ideas with beef. You can go to msbeef.org to find those recipes. And of course, when you're shopping, make sure you're putting beef in your cart. It's not just great for your family. It's great for Mississippi. 15,000 of us, 15,000 beef providers here in our state helping us out with our agriculture business. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. I haven't been in a while, Robbie. We need to get back there very soon, probably, probably sooner than later, because it is just such a good place to go. I love going there. I've always, I've never had a bad experience at Two Brothers. The food there is great. The people are great. And the location just can't be beat. If you love to people watch on a nice, cool, crisp day like this, sit out there, get the quarter zip out. You know, you don't want to, don't want to be too, too, too cold, but yeah, keep yourself looking good. College Corner, they got a quarter zip for you. <laughs> sit out there on the, on, on, on the patio, enjoy yourself. It's a good time, good food. It's so smoked Southern Soul food. It's Two Brothers smoked meats. They make it simple for you at Advantage Business Systems. They offer you great products and great service. That's how any business should operate, but they take it a step further with a comprehensive listing of every product your business needs to thrive and survive. Copiers, printers, mailing systems, computers, software, whatever it is you're looking for. And then when the sale is made, they don't just give you an 800 number and tell you to call and say, well, maybe we can be out here next week or something. No, no, it's same day service. It's taking care of you with like a next door neighbor. They're a Mississippi business just like you. Give them a call today. See what they can do for you. 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. No basketball uh, on Wednesday night. Mississippi State, Missouri canceled due to COVID protocols up there at Missouri. That gives MSU a, what, like a 10-day layoff before this game at Ole Miss. Ole Miss is scheduled to play uh, at Tennessee this week, they are COVID-strapped as well. Kermit Davis was quoted as saying they may only take seven players up to uh, to Knoxville. That will be a bad thing for Ole Miss if that happens. This is such an important game for Mississippi State. Are, are you worried about the, the layoff? Coming off of a big win, you would have liked to have kept some momentum going, don't you think? Yeah, I, I think it would have been, been nice to have that midweek game against a, a bad team. 
um, you know, ultimately, you know, from a resume standpoint, <laughs> it actually would probably be better for Mississippi State not to play that game. Mm-hmm. They're like, what, 200 yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, what's that does nothing to help your resume. The only the only thing would be continuing to play and and kind of staying on track as a team, getting to two and zero. I mean, it, it feels nice to get a win. So, I mean that that part of things is disappointing for Mississippi State, and also not playing in ten games. I guess we'll figure it out. You know what that looks like for Ole Miss because they've been off for about that long, huh? I mean, yes. So, I mean, it, but this is going to be the case for a lot of teams this year. I mean, you're going to have schedules that are all over the place. I mean, the women had a game scheduled the day before having to go to number one South Carolina. Yeah. They, they weren't expecting to go do that. So, you're, you're talking about, you know, staffs are going to have to be scouting on the fly. Teams are going to be uh, strapped from, you know, players, like you said, that are going to be out. They're going to be, you know, ten days from playing another game. So th- this is this is one of those years, just like the last last year, where you just have to be on guard and have to be ready at all at all times. I don't know how that's going to work out. I mean, it's it really is crazy to think that we are here in you know January of 2022 and still having to deal with these, these kind of issues, but. For Mississippi State specifically, and you mentioned Ole Miss, they haven't played. Uh, they, they missed their midweek game last week, so they've been off since I think Saturday. The oh, that would have been what the the twenty. Uh, I guess that was Christmas Day. Have they they haven't played since Christmas. That that seems they they were supposed to play. They were the supposed day, to play Florida last week on yeah, Wednesday. Last Wednesday. Because the they game was played, canceled the day of the yeah. Liberty Bowl, so they haven't been so played Saturday. Pre- they haven't played pre- since before Christmas. Yeah, that's that's a tough stretch. Now you got to go to Knoxville. That's really tough on them. And then Mississippi State coming in. This is a huge game for Mississippi State. We've talked about it so many times in the past that for whatever reason, Kermit Davis has, has had the upper hand in this series in Game One. Game Two has tr- traditionally gone to Mississippi State. Regardless, it, it's sort of regardless of locale. Last year, Ole Miss came to Starkville, a really bad Ole Miss team, and beat Mississippi State up. And then State goes to Starkville and or goes to Oxford and returns the favor. What do you just early thoughts on this game for you? Well, I mean, anytime that these two teams meet, it just seems like there's, um, it doesn't really matter what the record is, who's on the team, or anything like that. I mean, these two teams have just been, you know, off and on every year. And they, they're splitting games, too, which is, is hard to figure out, you know, any kind of pattern. The big thing for Mississippi State has always been scoring against Ole Miss's defense. Um, it hasn't been getting the ball across the court and, and getting in the half court against the 1-3-1. It's been scoring when they get across half court and and, and going up against that defense. So, for whatever reason, that has given Mississippi State fits over the last few years, even when Andy Kennedy was there when, when he was running against this offense. So when State when State is able to run a little bit on Ole Miss and they're able to get down the floor and, and break that press quickly and score, it, it seems like they have a lot of success. When they're stalling out there offensively, when they're running the offense down to two seconds on the shot clock and getting a bad shot off, they really struggle. And that's what happened last year in that game at, at the hump. So – you know, I feel like Mississippi State's the more talented team, but they've had more talent than 
than Ole Miss at times over the years and has still lost this game. So I think it's pivotal for State to win this first one and keep that momentum going. I mean, this is an Ole Miss team that is challenged offensively. They don't score the ball very well. They defend pretty well, and that's that's been what Kermit Davis has done over the years. But State needs to win this ball game. It's going to be a, a game that should be hotly contested. Uh, I think Ole Miss will probably have some of those players back that they're missing now. Uh, and State needs to to find a way to take this first game and keep that momentum going. You, you need to carry that momentum for the next week and a half up into that Alabama game. Yeah, and and never mind from a net perspective, Robbie. I mean, Ole Miss is in the like the 120s, 130s, I think. You just need this game, period. Uh, it'll be, it would be a bad loss if you lose it. So, for whatever reason, State needs to get out of this funk that they have of playing Ole Miss in this first game and find a way to get the win. If they can do that, like you said, the next game is against Georgia. That's another bad team. There's no way around it. They're, they're, their net is in the 200s. You win those two games, you have a chance to have some momentum and to finally have maybe a big crowd for that game against Alabama, who should be a, you know still in the, close to the top ten or around that. And that should that you know that I don't know that you can win that game. Last year, State gave Alabama a pretty tough test here in Starkville, as I recall. They they, they played them close, but ended up losing the game late. Um, we'll see. You know that could be a good barometer for Mississippi State. They haven't had it. They still don't have. Even if they win these two games against Ole Miss and Georgia, they still don't have what I would term as a quality win. Alabama will be their next chance uh, to grab one of them. So we'll see if that can happen. All right. Uh, tomorrow we're doing the rumbling, so we'll uh, get your questions in, Robbie. If you want to fire off a tweet, you feel free to do so, and uh, we'll you we'll be back to uh, some some somewhat of a regular schedule uh, as we get get into this week. So should be a good show. Looking forward to your questions. We haven't had them in a couple of weeks. Should be some good stuff. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Light on Super Talk. Says, know your damn role. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.